If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Alrighty, we're going to talk about hiding. Grass. From the police. No, hiding from the geese. Hiding from the geese? With hiding grass. Geese. Grass is my my game. So yeah, I'm I'm on the grass hide train. You're saying that it's, it's controversial. Who's it controversial with? Controversial? Well, you're like, there's some... No, it's always a point of interest. A point People of interest. People always want to know how I do my grass hides. and Because um, there's a little bit of a linear thinking going on with goose hunters, I think, when they got... I mean, A-frames are just breaking into the mind state of a goose hunter, but it's like layout blinds and using the stubble in the field. And I always get a lot of interest when I start talking about my hides because I never use usually anything any materials from the field itself that i'm hunting even if it's like shredded up combine corn combine corn even if like um there's just like a carpet of good material you're walking over i still usually will not touch it at the most i'll use it to like sprinkle into the hide i've created and uh the hides that i do create are made out of ditch grass usually exclusively no matter where I'm hunting. The A-frames are, are a weird thing. The panel blinds, and I think we've talked about this before, but it like it's such like a 180 from what we talked about doing hides five years ago. Low profiles? Yeah. Like every blind manufacturer was trying to make the lowest profile blind ever. You had the X-landers, which were like 16 inches high or something ridiculous. Yeah, and I never and really got into that. And then all of a sudden, that. all of a sudden, boom. Here's a four foot blind for you. <laughs> it's like what? And I have such a like background of guiding that we just never knew. We knew we could not use fucking power hunters. We're not like three seventeen year olds that are, you know, we got five clients. They're fatter right. than fuck. They're from Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they want to be cl- comfortable. They have tomorrow. to be comfortable. So like, I always, I've always kind of had the big blind mind states and. Being that I'm a tiny little dude, God, they're nice, man. Like, just a big old blind. I can practically set up a television and move into, like, like it's a studio apartment in them blinds. Oh, the one I got is, like, a, it's a Cabela's something or other. But it's like, it's got, like, suede 
backrest on it. Like, it's nice. It's really wide, yeah, really you- tall. Like, it's comfortable. I can curl up. Like, I can fetal position, take a nap in there. But, yeah, we did hunt a, a field. I was invited on a hunt. Some kid cold called me, like, met me at Game Fair two years ago. Want to go hunting tomorrow? I was like, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, dude. That sounds cool. <laughs> dude, he's a nice kid. Um, <laughs> and I showed up, and, uh, th- I mean, there was a lot of uh, debris in that field that we could have used. And I was like, nah, no. We'll just go get ditch grass. And that always gets a lot of interest because people have, you know, open the trailer, pull out the rakes, and start mm-hmm. raking up the stubble in the field. And I have not done that in ages. And, uh, I mean, it's to the point where I just – I prefer we don't because that uh, that disturbance on the surface, it it looks unnatural. I don't care if you went 100 yards behind you. Geese can see that far, especially when they're airborne. And, like, when you're making these weird spots on the field, it looks – I don't know if they're leery of that per se. But there is a huge problem with using stubble from the field itself because – if it's been more than 24 hours, the su- top of that uh, stubble has been sun bleached. Mm-hmm. Sun bleach is dry, and it's usually even just like corn litter. Yeah. Right? If it was a dewy morning and the sun comes up and dries off the dew, you're fine. But what you rake everything up, and it's still wet underneath. Yeah. So now you make this big wet spot, which normally right. is a good thing, but in hunting, not so good. And like you said, too, with the morning conditions, sometimes you get frost. Sometimes you get um, dew in the morning. Um, if there's stubble on the ground and it has rained, the top of the stubble has been cleaned and the bottom has been dirtied because mm-hmm. the dirt will splash upwards onto the bottom of the leaves. So you get a lot of um, just you, you, you start pulling up this stubble that's actually in the field and you look like a wart on a dick. Like it is <laughs> obvious. Like it just sticks out. Um uh, you, I like to think of all like uniform surface finish type uh, fields like they're a carpet. When you get 100 yards above them, they look like a carpet. I mean, look out an airplane window or go sky. Be the shoe. Be the shoe. Like, <laughs> so it's never unnatural to have a grass patch. Um, so I always use ditch right. grass. And then there's a couple things people um, – and you can really put that anywhere. I know, like, we usually like we like it if there's, like, a grass point that sticks out or if there's some a natural mm-hmm. uh, grassy spot that didn't get cut or there's some, you know, other kind of crop trash, something that can kind of help break up. If there's always something there, and it works for that wind direction for that day. That's kind of like we like to set up. And that might right. be more for my own mental health and actual no, efficacy. No, you're on to something. No, you're, it definitely does because – it's not a 100% um, uh, sure bet that you're putting out there when you do a grass hide in the middle of a bean field. Yeah. It's not going to be like every flock does it and they do it perfect. Like, of course, this is going to have to depend on your weather. Um, but you can get away with it. Especially we, if you I've have done it. Like, you got three, four guys going on a hunt. It was the only option. Yeah. You got three birds a person. You got 12. You got a traffic field with a thousand geese flying over it. Can we get 12? Probably pretty close. If not, um, you're never going to decoy anything on a traffic line under what we call like the lunch line when geese are following other airborne geese. But then when the stragglers start coming out and they don't have the direct line, that vision like here's Mm -hmm. from the roost to the feed, those geese you don't have to worry about if they're not decoying. Of course they're not. Why, (laughs) Why would they? Yeah. I mean, and once in a while they do even some a couple break off and come down in. But um, there's some tricks and uh, tricks of the trade you could say to this grass hide to really help a make it easy because 
if you are running this grass hide, you've already accepted that you're probably not going to get 100% of your birds in. And also, one of the biggest benefits of doing it is that it's easy. Like, how are we going to hide out here? I don't know. We'll run our odds with the grass hide because it's going to be easy. And so um, one thing I always carry with me is a couple of totes or one, at least one tote with a fucking shitload of camouflage materials in it. And I'm talking about ghillies. So I have several ghillie suits. I think I have a total of four or five ghillie suits. Um, most of them are those jackals from camo systems. And then I have like two ghillie blankets that I have. And I also have a ginormous, huge, huge uh, green military netting. And that all gets used on my layouts. That We use that on our little public pasture hunt. It actually blended in pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. the green military netting yeah. kicks ass. Yeah. And you wouldn't th- like, you, what color should I get? Like tan or brown? No, that green. Green. That green yeah. works, man. Yeah. And um, I was so, actually pretty surprised. Yeah, you are trying to look like a big patch of grass. So once I got the, br- the blinds where I want them, they're all frame to frame pointed into the um into the decoy spread because normally this is not something you put in the middle of a decoy spread treat it like a grass patch like the geese are probably going to be like standoffish a little from it so you set your spread that way maybe with a crosswind whatever and uh now i start pulling out all this material that big old green military netting a lot of times i'm using that to wrap around the backrests so i'm just um spreading that around and trying to get as much of the backrests into like uh just melting away those shoulders, mm-hmm. the shoulder that, ribs. That hard line. Then the blankets come out, and a lot of time the blankets are going over the foot bags. So now I've got blankets going down over foot bags. Then my ghillie suits start coming out, and we're not using ghillie suits today, but we're using ghillie suits because now I'm going to start filling in the centers of the blinds. And we're, all we're doing is kind of making our little hump just a little bit less bumpy, and also uh, we are dramatically reducing the amount of grass that you're going to have to use. Now, when it comes to grass, I'm very picky. I'm a grass connoisseur. <laughs> I've been a grass aficionado. Con- I've been a grass aficionado maybe since. Um, yeah, that's, that's the rumor. Seventeen years old. Let's just call it <laughs> when it became regular. <laughs> and uh, my my great uncle was a billy goat dude. It's in the genes. Um, really take the time. Don't just go to the edge of the field and start pulling grass. Take the time. Have the time planned. Now you're going to at least, if you didn't find it last night as part of a post-scouting, um, scouting, scouting your grass, at least drive around the section. At least drive one mile by one mile by one mile by one mile and jump out of the truck several times and run down into a grass patch you think looks kind of like it w- would be good. Now, always wear gloves because the, the very first patch of grass you touch without gloves, you will get nine deep slices into your hand. Yeah. And for whatever reason. But and, and thistles like to hide in there, and too. And thistles. But just take a clump out of it, you know, just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get back in the truck. Go check the next one. You're going to want to – it is worth the time to to find that patch of grass. Like, I know you say keep a grass or a hedge trimmer in your truck. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's helpful to have, have, but I want to find a patch of grass that literally, like, that almost slows you down. Like, I want the grass to pull so easily that we are just going clump, 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 each hand – you're getting like maximum amount of uh, broad, leafy strands of good colored grass that's going to have nice bushy coverings. I'm looking for something coarse. I'm looking for something leafy. Twiggy is out of the question. <laughs> um, and also, I'm not going for six-foot grass either. It, it's like 
knee high grass is really what you're going for. You're not going for waist high, titty high grass because you start putting that onto your knee high hide and it looks out of place. You're going to have these long like stems on the bottom of it. Um, and you're going to want to grab like knee high grass. Just you're only going for like the top 14, 15 inches of it. So you're not having that stemmed out bottom. We're just getting that brushy stuff. I keep all of it in the same direction into my pile. So I don't have, you know, like this pile, this half has like the heads going that way of the grass and it's just all intermixed. Like I want it to be in one neat you organized. You overthink this. Dude, the grass is everything. <laughs> everything is grass. And so um, people, they do think I'm fucking nuts. I'll be like pulling out a couple patches like not bad. Not bad. Okay. Mm, yeah. Mm, taste it a little mm, bit. <laughs> rub it into my cheek. <laughs> Between your fingers. Yeah. Mm, not quite there yet. I just eat a little bit. And then we go and check the next patch. And it's just worth your time to don't don't start pulling you out start that. Start caressing that, like, that, oh, hor- that, oh, that mama. You this never know like, what's on the fence pole or whatever, like 100 yards up while you're sitting there like, this grass is hard as fuck to pull out. And you're just getting like these measly handfuls mm-hmm. of it. You never know just what's right there. So just take the time, go around, get that grass, keep it well organized, and get as much as grass as you think you need for the amount of blinds you have, and then double it, add two more uh, exactly. double it, add two more um, handfuls after that, and you're good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when it's we It's never enough. You never you never grab enough. So then we go back, we, we're approaching our blinds that's got all this gilly material on it. And I you got don't f- just throw it on there. Like, be a florist for the mo- for the morning. You know, like <laughs> a, a, a guy is going to decorate, you know, of some flowers in a vase. He ain't going to just like, just throw them in there and be like, that was $39.95, sir, for your wife's roses. Like, no, you get that shit. It looks really cool and good. Make it look natural. Like, the, that's where, like, keeping all of it in, pointed in the same direction and organized helps out a lot. You take these clumps. Don't overdo it. You make the grass spread. So what I usually do is get, like, my little handful of it and I'll stick it down. So all the grass heads are sticking up. A lot of times I just take my hand and like, like give it a crunch on the top. And that just kind of like makes it coarse. It's sticking up, but it's also coarse and brushy. And I mean, just take your time and you like the foot bags. I'm doing a little sprinkling and uh, in the middle, I'm doing some sprinkling before I do some organizing. But when you just take a, and when you do this method, it's going to be fast. It's going to be easy. And there's usually only one set of straps that are going to actually have material that I'm putting inside of a stubble strap of a blind. It's usually the top rows of the doors or maybe the top two rows. And that's it. There's nothing stuck into anywhere. But um, the way that you can kind of utilize the gillies and the additional grass you're using, you can just stack it up so it just looks real nice. And if you're going to be a patch of grass in the middle of a field, Make it look like a patch of grass that's like actually there. And this is like sometimes I'll take a little bit of material from the field itself and like throw it on there like the wind had grabbed it and thrown it onto the patch of grass that just happens to exist. Or just a couple old rusty wagon wheels. And you just use that to break you up your outline. Could. But I've done some weird... They're heavy though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's like for the middle of the open fields, you can... Um, you, can, you know, you just can always have a rusted out Ford, 56 Ford, um, <laughs> no windows in it, nothing. That's and, it. That uh, would be a good hide. drive around on your flatbed just and get just that, uh, drop her out there. Just get that old that John Deere tractor or, uh, the, or a combine or whatever. <laughs> right. Just have a combine hide every single time. Yeah, yeah geese are not afraid of it. Nope. But um, 
that's a, just a good way to 30 to 40 big boulders you know just sprinkle them around the blind people are like, like well, rock pile i always get the question too like uh how do i hide in the middle of this bean field nah, just do a grass hide you know is that gonna work maybe have i ever told you about my idea the uh my um my cow blind that i had an idea for and i've never made there's people who have made them in fact I don't. I don't mean like the cardboard cutout that you walk up and shoot no, snow geese with. I mean like this, like a looks like, like a cow full body shapes. Yeah, it's like a sleeping Angus. I know there. I've heard rumors of a very prominent waterfowler, very prominent, and he had a fucking cow like you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like I guess with a goddamn ear tag on it and everything. Nice. And he would take that thing and walk through pastures, and you know get permission to just go check out the geese out there and. Look at that cool band. Whoopow. <laughs> like a like a gun mounts in it. Oh, he's everything. In it. He's like he's walking inside in it of yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm talking about like a layout blind. So it would be like a coffin blind. So when the doors are shut, it looks like a cow just laying there. You ever see the layout blinds that were made to look like giant geese and they have doors yes. in them and everything? Oh, well, no, just a big one that you flip up. No, no, no. You're talking about a goose chair. Yeah. That's a goose chair with the 42-inch shell with the slits cut in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about a seven-foot fucking <laughs> goose decoy that's got doors on it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Only instead of a goose, it'd be a cow. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I mean, you literally, no brush you needed. You'd bring that thing out there, plop it down, hop in. Dude, I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> I like shit like that. And I like unique hides. Um... That's why I built this. Um, can you put links up on descriptions? Yeah. Dude, I'll send you this picture. Because this, um, this blind got a lot of attention when I was putting it on my Snapchat stories about I was building it. It's just a... St- oh, shit. I totally found more styrofoam panels, and I blew that lady off all week about uh... going to pick them up. Damn it, I found some cheap ones. But you find some of the white styrofoam... Uh, it's hard to find the high-density stuff that's not blue or pink. Yeah. And then you, you got to find the white stuff, and then that matches snow excellent. But this was like the 1992. So what are you, what are you, you making basically a white panel blind? White box. And that's just a... Four walls on it. White box. Yeah, you, I found these rebar. Um, like I found these nice rebars that were like 18 inches long. And they had like a, a ring on them for like a finger grip. Mm-hmm. I made a couple like... So you just uh, do like three bars on each wall to hold them together. And you cut out like, um, you know, like arrow, like archer shooters, like uh, those beveled windows. Slot, yeah. Yeah. So you just got a slot you're looking through. And uh, for the winter time, um, you're putting this box out in a snowy field and you're putting a heater in there and you're in a styrofoam insulation and box. You melt it's going to be, be warm in there. <laughs> it's going to be wind free. And have you noticed snow covers fucking sucking the last five years? Because I have. Fuck, do they fuck me over <laughs> i can't i'm just i want to be a part of this white box on this sounds like a shit show but my kind of shit show okay dude first of all i'm gonna go and i'm gonna just pull this up because i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to send you this photo anyway so you can there's link a guy it. i know a guy that uh this year they they took like a trailer basically like look like a freaking hay trailer and they made a giant permanent grass a-frame a-frame basically and they just they Pull that thing out with the truck. Yep, I've seen and that. Climb right in, dude. Uh, they smash. Graham has one of those with uh, maxed out guides, and uh, last year they um, brought that out in a snowy field, uh, dropped it in, and then uh, had a plow, a truck with a plow on it on the front of it, go and like gather snow and pile it up on the edges of what? it. What? Yeah, how cool is that? And it worked pretty good. I mean, it all is going to just depend on your weather and uh, how you know 
who's gonna win the who's gonna win the um you know the weather lottery that day is it gonna yeah, be you sure. or the geese and uh i mean geese are gonna be extremely vulnerable on some days the same ones that say f off the next <laughs> yeah that's just the way life works but i'm sitting here searching for this uh screenshot i got of this uh blind that i'm gonna send you but this one an 1992 here it is right here pow Ba-dow. Ba-dow. um contest entries include snow blind this was in august september issue 1993 of Wildfowl magazine i think it might have won their blind contest or whatever so this says should i just read it it's only like go ahead i can read pretty fast all right so this is the my styrofoam blind this is the article wrote about it when someone with a name like kennesaw mountain jacobson who resides in moses lake washington and works in a marketing director for a ranch called eagle lakes in the pacific flyway sends a boats and blinds entry you somehow get the feeling that before you even open the envelope, there's something worthwhile to offer. Kennesaw is a retired agency owner, ad agency owner, and now works as a very successful duck and goose club in the Pacific Flyway. Hunted with another waterfowler, Skip Coddington. How fucking awesome is that <laughs> name? <laughs> nice. Skip Coddington. I take people hunting for a living. And I guess, uh, anyway, sometime during his year of waterfowling, Skip discovered that the styrofoam was the best man-made material to duplicate snow, which for sure is true. Like, think about the color of styrofoam. That's snow. Yeah. That is, like, perfect snow. With the texture and everything. Like, the old beaded-up stuff. And it doesn't, like, shine. or yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what doesn't look like snow. White Cordura fabric. <laughs> um, anyways, blah, 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 blah. They stick these things together. After five years of trial and error, Skip Kennesaw and Dean Hughes developed a snow blind. It is lightweight, inexpensive, effective, easy-to-handle blind that can set up in five to ten minutes. The blind is designed in such a way to allow the goose hunter to sit comfortably as well as shoot in a standing position. A corner of the thin, lightweight top may break occasionally during the excitement of a shoot, but otherwise it's very durable, and you just got to handle it carefully. Okay, there's one sentence in here that fucked me up, though, when I was reading it. Uh, Now that everybody's kind of got the idea of it. So, obviously, this blind, its enemy is strong winds. Like, this is a big wind sail made out of foam. So you either got to anchor it. That's true. And that's why um, I, the one dude I talked to out west that's still doing this, he's uh, advocated that um, using that de- high-density foam just so it adds, like the blind itself a becomes weight. a weight, like yeah. a weight to itself, or else you're going to have to anchor it or put like a plywood backing on a, on some of the panels so they're heavier. Or, I mean, they have anchors on this design, but there is no fucking way we're anchoring stuff in Minnesota. And when it's frozen. When it's frozen, yeah. exactly. So... Um, blah, blah, blah. Here, the very last paragraph. The blind can be increased in size to accommodate more hunters simply by increasing the long walls, either with four or eight foot additions. Although the blind is generally made for snow condition, it has been productive in green winter wheat as well. What? And it's like, just that's white. what fucked me up. That's what fucked me up. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm all on board on this snow blind. Like, yeah, great. Fuck layouts with Cordura on them. Like, I'm building me a white box. And then the, I read that last sentence. I'm going to send you this right now. I read that last sentence. And I was like, it works in a winter wheat field. And we're talking about Washington, Oregon, Pacific yeah. Flyway. So when they're talking winter wheat, they're talking about winter wheat, like mowed lawn. Green, green. Green grass. And like just little well, shoots coming they up. They might just not know this, what a white box is this is the <laughs> ultimate grass hide 
Because a grass hide, you're not hiding. Right. Nowhere, you're not hiding anywhere with a uniform surface finish. You're the shoe on a carpet that's overlooked. You're yeah. not the bump in a carpet that's noticed. Yeah. So this is the ultimate shoe on the carpet, <laughs> man. That's the that's the HDTV. <laughs> this is a this is the John Deere tractor. Right. This yeah, is it's just a this giant is, thing that doesn't look like it's the a danger I've ever seen. They the don't know to be car. afraid of it. The yeah. 50s car with yeah. the windows shot out. That's right. It's a grass hide because a grass hide is as obvious as you can get. You can see it as I mean, if your eyes can focus on a field, you can see a grass hide in it. You can see it before you can see the goose decoys. So what? That's not a hide. It's a it's an overlooked. Yeah. This is the ultimate of overlooked shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> Huh? Huh? So then that I was would like, be crazy. So then I was thinking about like this in combination with like TSS loads where you can start shooting birds at 80 to 110 <laughs> yards. You put that white box way the fuck away from your spread, scope on your shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, All right, you lost me. Shooting Canada geese no, no, 80 yards away. Shooting. 80 yards away with a scope shotgun out of a white box in October. Okay, we're only band hunting if we do that. am i going <laughs> dude am i going crazy or yes. am i going genius there's a fine line between genius and insanity i'm skirting it <laughs> <laughs> it's only crazy if it doesn't work you remember that little did i ever show you that goose call i invented too yes you yeah, did yeah i was yeah, gonna combine yeah, that yeah, with that yeah, motherfucker yeah, too yeah. Oh. illegal in a few states but i mean really it is Why and it canada be? because they got more restrictive language than the feds do would it be technically mechanical? We can't say. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Give it away. <laughs> <laughs> but that, a scoped shotgun with TSS loads 100 yards away from your spread. Fuck, hmm. with, fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I thought of that, and I just couldn't stop laughing at myself. I couldn't stop laughing at myself for like three weeks. I was just like, God, I'm crazy. I'm so crazy. I have so – I'm crazy. Well, I mean, you probably seriously could get away with making a hedge, like a like an evergreen hedge, in the middle of a field. Yeah, you're like a. I mean, like a a willow blind. Yeah, that's basically all they are. Right. I mean, I seriously think that was like the, um, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The inspiration for a frames and that was the the people up in Canada in the middle of a giant pea field that are just doing a, a willow blind. It's the same damn thing. Right. I mean, you should put, uh, I don't know, throw that photo up. Yeah, that thing just looks like a bear box. It's just a box, dude. It's a box you somehow figure out how to put together. You put a couple of, slap a couple lids on the top of it. Buy yourself a hot knife at Menards. They're using like conduit to. It looks like at the bottom there, they've got like PVC pipe that they've they've put together in the. So it's a set size. Yeah, I don't do the PVC. And the dude who uh, is still doing it out west, he also told me he doesn't do any. He says this one in the. in the magazine here is way overbuilt. All you got to do is get those sides to stick together. You do kind of have to, you see how that center section has a little cutout so people can walk in and out. Mm-hmm. I put that in mine. Like I was like, yeah, you just kind of need that. Yeah. Um, huh. And then um, you can go a little. Th- You're doing slot. Yeah. It has a roof over it. Kinda. Yeah. And those, um, that those dude, two he, clowns are just sitting there standing there. Though. That dude told me that they just set theirs on top and, um, they just throw them off when they shoot. I went and bought some niodionesium magnets or whatever they are, and I sunk them into the styrofoam, and so it kind of go clack, clack. Now fancy. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I kind of had all winter of co- <laughs> like COVID season to build that son of a bitch. And they get. Uh, I found a hot knife worked real well for cutting the windows out. Like uh, it's just an electronic uh, knife. Yeah. Hot knife meant a lot different 
it was more associated with grass hides, you know, back when I was a kid. But you ever do that? No. A couple hot knives and a little bit of hashish. Nope. Can't say that I have. My buddy did it in the basement because uh, some of the older guys, I was like 16 at this time. Some of the older guys went to Amsterdam to the Cannabis oh, Cup and smuggled some hashish back in where you would think you'd smuggle that back. <laughs> oh, man. So I didn't, I didn't do any. Of course, I didn't do any of this. I mean, not of course. I, I was just. thought it was just scumbag. My little badass friends were a little bit more badass sure, than sure. I was. <laughs> my buddy does a hot knife for this Amsterdam-y hashish. I don't even know what that means. And they're in like they're, the mom's laundry room. Like does it like inhales, passes out. Falls straight for, oh, no. forward under the cement, s- crushed out his entire front teeth, like oh, in like ninth no. grade, you know, like ugh. no good, no good at all. Just say no. His teeth were fucked up till like we were thirty. Good. And God. he finally got the insurance and the money to get them all fixed. Got a nice grill. Hmm. Wonder what his story was. So uh, what happened? <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> I was yeah. nine. Or whatever you want. Right. That's but, um, crazy. When you're using traditional tools, how what, what are some other tools you could add in to make that easier? I got a shitload of burlap downstairs. Well, the, I mean, uh, what they actually use in construction is just uh, it's a little tiny blade, saw blade. Basically. Yeah, like it's a hacksaw ma- or a... Kind of, but it's or drywall, smaller. Or a drywall knife. Like a drywall knife. They actually work really good. Yeah, it I bet. Cut, it cuts through that stuff real fast. The pot knife just doesn't create any mess. Yeah, you don't have yeah sawdust through it. Yeah, yeah just, you're, you're gonna get and it's a clean styro dust. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah. also, um, a burlap is an amazing tool. I keep a lot of burlap downstairs. Um, here's a good. Uh, I have never done this, but somebody uh, I know did it, where they had burlap and backrests, and they were hunting a bean field one morning. There's just just two of them, so they don't need anything gaudy out there to to fuck with the the, the picturesque landscape they're creating. Uh, they just took some spray adhesive, like sprayed on the spray adhesive onto burlap, and they laid on um, uh, bean stalks or whatever, bean stubble from that field or whatever from the corner, and they used that, and they hid underneath it. And for them, it worked. It was probably a one-time use type of a yeah, durability. Yeah, I've, I've had that idea too. It's like, you know, if you're – because we hunted, like, literally it was a dirt field. And we actually dug in a little bit, and it worked. We, killed, we ran traffic on the feed field in basically just a sandbox and we kind of did some grass and some not like it was sparse just made it look like whatever but that was the day like i had my idea like that that spray adhesive like if you just hit your blind with that and then threw dirt on it Mm -hmm. you're you're a clump of dirt Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it wouldn't last forever eventually it's going to fall off but it would work for the day probably you know what else maybe i'll just throw this out there for any hide you ever have, ever, don't mud it. Paint does the same thing. <laughs> and then yeah. you don't breathe, like, dust the whole time. But um, Fred Zink has got a, a pretty decent, uh, like, A-frame tip where he uh, um, is talking all this sort of crazy nonsense, bullshit salesman stuff. And then he's like, but I keep these in my trailer. And he had some nice tall grass or whatever that he had zip-tied into bundles. And he keeps the bundles um, with him at all times. So when they set up the A-frames... It's not like the majority of the hide, but it's something he's just using as a tool to just reduce ten percent of his Speed it up a his bit, labor yeah. load. Like it's kind of like people that get that. Um, what's the real grass or what's the stuff called? The r- oh, raffi- um, ra- raffia grass. Uh, raffia grass. Or um, um, what's the mats that they yeah, sell for you don't, boats? You don't, Those were great. Yeah, you don't do the whole thing in the raffia grass. No, but yeah. you know you hit 
uh, 10% of the stubble straps. Right. And that's they blend in. They're different texture. They're different color. That's ten percent less double straps you got to hit every exactly. single time. Exactly, and um, you just zip tie those things on. They last literally last forever. The raffia is a uh, is a little rot resistant, I believe. Yeah, and yep. it's not gonna. Oh, we need to mention that though. So if you are doing the, the grass. grass ditch grass, especially if you're putting it on your blind early, and yeah. you just fold that thing up and you throw it in your trailer or you throw it in your garage, you that's are gonna mold. It's gonna mold. It's gonna make your blind smell. Not only just smell though. It's the way, like, it'll start rotting. It literally will start rotting the fabric in your blind. And when also, you have dirt contact with anything, that's where you get rot. Like, And uh, the, the, the weather conditions, like you had mentioned previously, yeah, the, gr- the grass is nice and dry when you grabbed it, but a little dew formed on it while yeah. you were hunting. It was and then you put it in the whatever. You put it in the back of your truck. And I've yeah. never once thrown, a, like, grass in the back of my truck, and it just, like, stayed perfect. Uh, there is some residual yeah. moisture in there. Later in the season, you... you you start getting away with it as like just everything dries out. Uh huh. You, it doesn't seem to be as big of a problem, but well, here, well, here's some other like non-traditional type of hides I've done since we're on the topic. I guess that's the whole theme. Yeah. Dude, hiding. I've, I was in uh, Colorado with these uh, young bucks and we wanted to set up on this one side of the field and uh, there was just a bunch of farm trash there and like big wide PVC pipes. We just, hit right amongst them when there's a lot of noise you can kind of melt into the noise like we pulled um mm. we pulled those pvc pipes we just moved some stacks just right next to us and uh had some other the like some other shit just over the foot bags it worked, it worked yeah great. there's just crap i mean basically it's like don't look like a hunter if you <laughs> yeah and if, i mean if you even if you're setting up in a farmyard <clears throat> like basically like a pasture where you're setting up pretty close to all the rest of the other junk there. There's a wagon cart and, uh, you know, some old broke down equipment. You could literally just sit in the back of your truck. Probably. And there, your truck does not look unnatural there. Like, uh, it just looks like somebody farm truck farms, parked there. Somebody's farm yeah. truck parked there. I mean, I've seen, this is kind of an extreme case, but I've been out scouting and the, the guy's cutting his wheat and he's doing whatever. And maybe the field's already partially cut and that's why the geese were using it. But he's out there in his tractor. And he goes through, the geese either walk away, some get up and fly, and they tuck right back, right? As soon as the tractor gets done moving past them, they filter in right behind them. Mm-hmm. It's like, they don't get shot out of tractors. They don't, like, it's not something they ever need to be no. really wary of. And, you know, it looks a little weird to have a grass patch out in the middle of a field, but uh, they see grass everywhere All they the go, from the tundra to Texas. Well, like, what I'm looking for, like, I love when I can find when there's already junk in mm-hmm. the field and I can that's where we're going to put our grass hide is like I said that thin strip that goes out there or a swath that just got mit, missed whatever sure but we're just kind of making what's already there bigger yeah but oh, if oh. it's not there you become that thing you just yeah. got to make it look like you're the thing that got missed by the tractor yeah that's not abnormal here's one thing I'll definitely advise people not to do um there's a tendency that I've noticed around guys like when you build the grass hide and you build your nice little pretty um terrarium of grass in the middle <laughs> of a field they'll go should we extend this? Should we like melt the edges in? Yeah. Fuck no, you shouldn't. Like that is not benefiting you to any degree at all. Like to to make it like softer edges by mm-hmm. you. What you are doing is increasing the size of that grass, which you're already a little bit weird about in the first the size place. of the carpet bump. The size of the tennis shoe, yeah, you could say. And most importantly, you're increasing your workload. For yeah. what the point of this grass hide is to. For it to be easy. If right. you find yourself putting more work into a grass hide than you would, like, 
doing something else really stupid like digging like don't do it we've done it I've, but that was back in the day when it's like we thought shadows were the thing that was scaring all the geese off. So you had to get as low as possible. Yeah, no, that uh, exposed and overturned dirt and a bunch of circles yeah. doesn't scare nope, geese at that's all. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's no big deal. I have done – dude, we used to go crazy. When we would hunt plowed fields occasionally, um, we had a, a – like with Phil at Goosebusters, we had six blinds. That's, that's all they were for. And we had military netting zip-tied to them. Uh, they usually come with a green and a brown side. We'd – paint the green side black, put the black side up, zip tie it in like um, textured bundles kind of onto the blinds, and we'd scrape the surface of the um, plowed fields. And then we'd put the blinds in there and put the like um, the dirt clumps all around it. And that was just getting down a couple of inches to get rid of the profile. Then after that, you have done a lot of work stubbling uh we'd match the stubble like uh try to match the consistency of the actual field we'd have spray bottles of water so we could match the moisture content of the field like we'd spray the blinds down and uh not only that after that all that work we'd go and get like a bat truck of a truckload full of like dirt clumps and we'd take these dirt clumps and we would walk them over and set them like you know how you're going to trample the area around your blinds when you're doing all that labor mm-hmm. around them when you're stubbling yep, when you're yep, scraping yep. you created like walking paths mm-hmm. around your blind that's very obvious we'd fill those in with additional dirt clumps we'd tell the clients to get in the blinds and stay there we're not going to make a trample mark jesus christ did you want to know one of my biggest pet peeves people that don't stay in their blinds i'm one of those guys because in you are going to get busted in every hunt. Yes, you are. Once, twice, or eight times. And I've accepted that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I'm I, there I to like kill to. Geese. I like to pace. I like to pace, and I like to. I like to just shake it off. Just layout blinds aren't particularly. All, what's the point of doing all that hiding and then I you're know. just going to stand out there like a person? I know. <laughs> you know what the point of it is to play with my adult action figures. <laughs> you know what else will ruin? So you finally effectively. And we're going to wrap this one up this way. So I feel like this is a great way to end this one. So you've taken all this time. You've become the shoe, right? Yeah. Nice flat carpet. You become the shoe. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to stick out abnormally. Nothing that the geese are going to be afraid of. And then you see your first flock of geese coming. What's the best way to ruin that shoe? Be pacing around in the back 10 yards behind it. Oh, the flag. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go, the fucking flag. I thought I'd just bring that into it. Just to, uh, I never heard it. No, nobody said nothing about it, it to around. me because I think no. people are just over it now. Like, I think they kind of get it. You know, one Nick J is going to be Nick J, and uh, he can have his fucking crazy ideas. And I know we're just getting into the season. Like, There's a lot of hunting days, but I've been paying attention, and Depending our record of pulling in geese via the flag is zero for zero. Or not zero for however many times they've hit the flag, which is a lot. It, it has yet to actually put birds in our bag. Well, I mean, how many arguments has it caused? None so far. That's because I just let them flag. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. But I'm just, I'm just, pay, I'm like actually paying attention this year to see if if there's a time where like they hit it, and I'm like, that actually did look like it turned them. So I'm paying attention. I'm 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 hyper aware, but I'm paying attention this year as kind of a scientific experiment to see. Yeah. If there is any actual efficacy of it or if it's just a placebo effect that we went lied that, and convinced ourselves. I went through that process myself as well. Like when I, I did the same thing. My feeling was that it wasn't helping us. 
And my conclusion was, it is hurting us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're one set of eyeballs and ears. I'll be another. We'll see at the end of the season if I trust if my I'm eyes. Converted. No. I don't think it will be. But all right, that's it. See ya. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing but as i've learned no matter where i've been whitetails can be damn tricky pursuing wild game in wild places tune into hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.